and thou shalt be saved. Well, howdy, howdy, how. Howdy doody. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Off the Books on Alathia Radio, the place where you get all of this for all of your hard-earned something or other. <laughs> you get a good biblical perspective on things. Yeah, yeah, you get a good biblical perspective on things. We get to uh, talk about the heart of God and, and what he expects out of us and all the other madness that revolves around what Definitely. we do. Welcome to Aletheia Radio. That's why we call it Aletheia. Truth. It is truth, and that's what we seek to find. That's what we do, uh, seek to look for and try to pull it out in everyday culture and life, right? Yeah, well, well, that's the goal. That's the goal. Sometimes it's hard. I did it again. <laughs> it's I do so this good. every week. Yeah. Every week. All yeah. right. So today we are talking about purpose and possibility. Yeah. How are the two intertwined? How do we, how do we, what's the best way to put it? Like, how do we let the misunderstanding of our purpose affect the possibility of what our purpose can be through yeah, God? Yeah, and we're going to ask ourselves some some really heartfelt questions on, yeah. where, on what we can do to find those things. But uh, first, in the news... A word from our sponsors. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard already, it has happened. So... If you're not familiar with Alex Jones, Alex Jones, he's a little cuckoo. He's he's a bit out there, you know. I I mean, honestly, it's funny because he's actually been right about a lot of things. But yeah, you can always be when right you about spew a lot out of when you spew out a lot of crazy stuff, you're going to be right about some stuff. Yeah. But this, I mean, I, uh, uh. Alex Jones must pay Sandy Hook families 965 million in second wait, wait, defamation. Wait, 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 what was that? Alex Jones is ordered to pay $965 million because of his false claims about Sandy Hook shootings, hmm. shooting, be, being a hoax and being a government set up with actors. So, so what he did back in the day was when the Sandy Hook shooting went down, he found a lot of these crazy links to some of the other shootings and felt that they were government actors involved and it was, there was a lot of stuff going on, which it's a lot. I'm, I'm not, trust me, I'm not here to defend uh, his claims. I'm not. I, I think that's, I think it's it's a horrific thing. And, um, and and to make any claim without solid evidence about something like that and really lead it to something that's going to, um, that's going to come to truth. I think that's damaging. Yeah. And he's, you know, he was I, one of those uh, shock factor guys, you know? Yeah. He's, you know, he had, he was like the guy. Shock that, jock. Yeah. He, he had, uh, it, he has, inf he's the, he, he runs InfoWars and, um. It's it's he's very intense, but but now there's never been a lawsuit in history, even involving financial fraud, that has been held up to this monetary amount. Yeah. Like, how are you you going to order somebody to pay? And he's not a billionaire. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't even pay. understand how that's possible. How did you get that number? Like, oh, well, well, this is because, so what it is, is because he made these claims um, and how it affected the people 
that were affected by Sandy Hook. And I think it's multiple. That number. number. That number is multiple people. I think I read one of them is like 120 million. And yeah, and then another one's like yeah. 50 something. But 965 million dollars because you came up with a, a crackpot um, conspiracy theory. Yeah, that's strange. People come up with conspiracy theories all the time and don't get sued for it like this. Like, listen, I mean, I know it. Listen, that that's a touchy area because yeah, it was a devastating thing. It was a terrible thing, and uh, but it's just really interesting that you come up with a billion dollars. Like, oh, well, it's not really a billion dollars. It's thirty-five million away. It's a billion dollars. One billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. So let's yeah. see. Let's see what they said. Um, I, I I found a couple of sources. They all. So, um, but they all pretty much say the same thing. Alex Jones was ordered to pay nine hundred sixty-five million dollars to families of the victims of Sandy of the Sandy Hook massacre by a Connecticut jury on Wednesday, in the second defamation ruling against the conspiracy theorist for his claims that the twenty twelve mass shooting was a hoax. The far right Infowars host has repeatedly claimed the shooting was a media fabrication, denying that the gunman Adam Lanza slaughtered twenty six people at the elementary school and then himself on December fourteenth, two thousand twelve. Families of the victim says Jones profited off of their suffering amidst tens of million dollars, repeating the lies that drove clicks to his website, Infowars, and helped them hawk merchandise. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, honestly, that's true. He profited uh, off of the graves of the children by saying it was a hoax, and he got a bunch of people to follow it. And and I get that. And I think I think it's pretty terrible. Yeah, but did they actually find what he actually made? I don't. I don't you know. know. I what mean, did they say that it was like ten, I, like ten million or whatever he made? I but, mean, I, but my thing is this: like, did the families request? See, these are things I don't know. Did the families request this money? Did the court order him to pay this money to make an example out of him because of his political standings? Like, you don't really know what it is, and that's why it gets so ugly. Like, listen, I'm all for justice. Yeah, I really am. But the, honestly, this, this well, that seems like the one of the narratives in this country. We go after the wrong people in this justice. You know, like it was a tragedy. Twenty twenty young children lost their lives. I think it was twenty children and six uh, teachers or adults, whatever. Yeah, um, it's it's it, crazy. But w- for someone that's just going to be, you know spewing out propaganda and things like that yeah you want to go after him and sue him for the money that he made and you know whatever but one yeah. billion dollars almost one billion dollars that's billion dollars crazy. like like listen i i know there was what about what about the you know the family uh, of this kid or the things that happened with the with this kid that created that did this massacre you know like you know yeah like what what does his family have to pay yeah, like, w- w- did they actually go after him civilly? I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, to I, I go after I mean, Alex Jones I, for for one billion. That's what I'm saying. And they're. I mean, I don't like the guy. I mean, really, but yeah, but I mean, it's still I'm not it's crazy like, about him either. This just sets a precedent, you know, which yeah. is crazy. And so here's the thing. So it says right here, uh, meanwhile, Jones lawyer Norman Pattis insists the trial was not a case about politics. The family said Jones harassed them and. And sicked his followers on them, leading to death threats. Multiple parents of murdered children testified during the trial. I mean, back now, now this goes back to a point. Is Alex Jones responsible for the people that follow him? Uh, is, is, is he responsible for their actions? That's like saying Bernie Sanders is responsible for the uh, Republican baseball game that got shot. The only out. time you'd be responsible is if you, if you verbally said, hey, Go, go do, do this. this or but do, see, I don't know if that that happened, but no. But but here's the thing: 
here's what's crazy. Um, it, it's got to be a standard on both sides, like, like of the argument. Like, okay, so let's let's bring it to a realer point. God forbid somebody you know or loved was massacred, and you found a show that somebody was saying, "Oh, it's fake. It never happened." What would you do? Oh, I'd probably go on the show, and and tell them. Yeah, right? yeah. Like this is my son. This is my daughter. Like you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, you know, and and now this is the person what, I knew. What whatever. Would you, what would you seek? The truth to to bring you to comfort bring, to make sure that he sh- sees that it is true. Okay, that is the truth. Would you have the desire to sue him for what he made off of the commentary? Uh, no. Uh, what he made, yes. Okay, what like, he made, like, and it wouldn't be for, like, you know, it would be for then the money going to like awareness, okay, of mental health issues, which Alex Jones has that's, mental health issues. See, but says so that's a you know? valid thing. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So, like, so how do you judge how much of what he profited over the past X amount of years since Sandy Hook? Uh, so it was two thousand. Which it couldn't so be that much. Ten years. How do you? How do you? How do you weigh what he made and how much is attributed to that? Like where? Do, where does this number come up? Because the people that were responsible for the two thousand eight collapse, the uh, the people that were involved in a uh, in um those really bad, ugly, illegal deals. Oh yeah, they had to pay what sixty two million dollars, sixty four million dollars, yeah. something. Like yeah, the they po- were responsible the Ponzi, for the, the Ponzi entire yeah the Ponzi the, schemes yeah, and things like that. Yeah, the entire 2008. Like everybody um, suffered under that. Everyone. Everybody in America did. Yeah, and they had to pay 65 million dollars. Right. It's like, listen, like I said, I'm not defending the guy by by no means. Right, because he he's he has mental health issues as well. Because I know if I was suffering through something like that. I would probably want to go speak to the guy. I would probably, you know what, if I was going to if I was going to try to shut it down because it was wrong, I mean, I I I'd, I'd probably do what you did, but but ultimately there is not a dollar amount in the world that's going to ever give you the joy of your child back. And I'm not saying these parents shouldn't go after him for 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 something. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, but go like, after him. But 1 billion? A billion. Like, where do I mean, they like, come at the number? I mean, it's it's interesting where like how they would even come up with? I mean, a is he like dead that? wrong for what he did? Absolutely. Yeah, that that goes without saying. But now, but now, this is this the idea of justice is really, really weird to me in the world. I guess, I guess that's why godly justice doesn't make sense to people. Yeah, I I, I really guess really because because what the the payment reflects the crime. I, exactly. Yeah, you know, like that's what it is. On other news. In other news. The Giants beat Green Bay Packers. The Giants beat Green Bay Packers. Go Giants. In case you weren't watching the game, (laughs) there was many, many large muscular men throwing a pigskin ball back and forth to each other and carrying it across the line. And I think women's soccer, uh, they lost to Spain. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, my my wife was devastated about that. I mean, she loves Spain. She's, well, not devastated. She loves U.S. soccer, but... I would rather she, she honestly, Spain because she's from Spain too. Honestly, I would rather watch women's soccer than men's soccer. Uh, yeah, actually, it's good. It's it, you know good. why? Do you know why? Why? Because you never seen them drop and hold their shins when they got tapped oh, they on get, the shoulder. The women's soccer, they get nasty. Yo, yeah, yeah. Oh, you ever see that nasty. chick that snaps her knee kneecap back in place? <laughs> no, I never see. You'll that, never right. see that in a men's game. You so much as like, hey, how you going? Oh my goodness, they're on the floor holding. Oh yeah, they, you don't even get touched. Oh man, it's the, it's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, it's like wow, like you are one of the 
most resilient athletes on the face of this planet. Yeah. But somebody bumps into you and you got to try to fake to get the card. Wow. <laughs> right. Man, that's a sin. Yeah. You're going to burn for that, man. <laughs> but okay. But yeah. So what are we talking about today? What are Sean? we talking about? So purpose and possibilities. Yes. I think we originally we were talking purpose or possibility thinking like, there's, do you live by chance or do you live with a purpose? But the more and more we thought about it, it's more of like we live with a purpose, and but sometimes we don't understand the possibilities of that purpose. Yeah, and that's um, and you have a whole bunch of things for that. I think uh, I think I'm going to kind of let you go in the beginning on that. We'll, okay. We'll, we'll yeah. Go so into a little bit so more. I, we'll just go through some of the questions that I thought of. Um, the first question where we, where we were talking about was which is the first question that we ask ourselves when it comes to figuring out our purpose is who am I? Who am I? So that deals with identity. So we tend to uh, seek our identity in, in clothing and, and shoes. Like we got to wear the Jordans, you got to yeah. wear the Gucci or I don't know what, I don't even know what I'm wearing, but you know, but yeah, that, that's the something with a name on it that we try to seek our identity in. Yeah. To, Cause we don't know who we are. And, and, and really what's important about what Sean is about to get into is if we're looking at purpose and, uh, and the possibility of what our purpose could be, um, wh- what we're really trying to cover right now is, um, is there's a lot of people out there that suffer uh, continuously because this question is what, is what drives us. Purpose is the entirety, uh, well, not the entirety, the reflection of, of our identity, Sean's going to get into this, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's really important that we talk about this because a lot of, not a lot of, I'd say all of our activities and, and conversations in the world are are rooted in this. And the reason why we chose to talk about this today is because the every single problem in this world that we have stems from purpose and the possibility of what our purpose could be, and when we're living outside of that purpose, how are we affected by it? Yeah. So yeah. So the so. How, what does the Bible say about who we are? Oh, well, that it, you know, I think that's the first thing as Christians we look for is like, okay, we could, we, we could, we could sit there and ask ourselves like, who am I? You know, Oh, my name's Sean. I'm, you know, from here, this and that, but, but ultimately that's not what we're really seeking. We're, we're like, who am I as far as in this world? Yeah. You know, like what's, what is it? that makes me me here right now. Yeah. That's, that yeah. should be a deep, like I what think, does the Bible tell us about that? Yeah. And, and that's the most important question to answer because I think we ask that question more when we're young. And as we get older, we get too busy to confront it. Yeah. And actually Jesus asked that to uh, his disciples, right? That was one of the main questions that says, you know, yeah. you see what who the, do they say. I yeah, who, he, he says, who, who do you say I am? You know, yeah. Who am I? You know, and that's the question that we that he asked them. They say you're Elijah. Yeah, <laughs> but who who do you think that I am? They say you know? you're John the Baptist. <laughs> right. They say because we tend to lie. We were talking about this earlier. It's like as we grow as ch- children, we, we kind of try to gain our identity in certain things, and people tell us tr- kind of who we are. They they try to tell us, you know, uh, w- even what we should be. You know, yeah. and and. Trust them and their intent when they say these things to you. Yeah. Because they mean every word of it. So first John, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called 
children of God. Yeah. And so we are. The reasons why the world does not know us is that it doesn't know him. Exactly. I'd like to see you tie that into your stuff because that stuff is your, uh, your, yeah, the questions. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Those are really important questions. And because that's all rooted in those questions, like those answers, those are very important. Things. Right. So we did a whole show on identity. Yes. And part of that show is, was realizing what image we were made in. Right. We, I talked to you about like manufacturing, you know, and a manufacturer like your iPhone or, or my iPad or your, your laptop, the, before this was made, there was a purpose behind it. Before it was even made, there was a purpose behind it. And what a manufacturer does, they figure out, okay, I need this certain thing, some tool or whatever it is to, to do some kind of tasks. And I'm going to make this thing and I'm going to put my image on it. Yeah. I'm going to put my logo there. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. So when I put this out, you're going to know that this is from Apple. Yeah. And this is Apple's reputation to have this type of product. Right. So they're going to slap their image on it. It's the same thing. What God does with us is, is he already knows our purpose before we're created. In Jeremiah, he said to him that, what, what was that? Uh, Jeremiah one five, I think it was, but he says that I knew uh, who you were before the womb before you were born before the womb before you were even conceived i knew that you were going to be a prophet so what makes us and this is this is the part like he knew jeremiah was going to be a prophet he had all these things for him so is that the case with everybody no it's not the case with everybody not that you'll be a prophet not that you'll be a prophet but 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 your purpose when he aligns you to your purpose it's now your job to make sure that you're listening and to make the, make sure that you're focused in pursuing what his definition of your purpose is instead of your own. Right. So what winds up happening is we start getting too caught up in the uh, in the identity that we've created for ourselves and not the true identity and what we were created in. And that creates a complication when you're trying to live out a fulfilling life because what's the most fulfilling end of your life is purpose. He's like, what is my purpose? My purpose is something that's God that God has already ordained to me. Correct. We have multiple right. purposes in life. So, for example, Sean and I were talking about the difference between your work and your skill. Your job, and, yeah. yeah. A job your, and your work. Job, yeah, your job and your work, yes. Like right. You have a job and you have work. What's the difference between the two? Yeah, so a job would be something you're skilled at that you're making money. Like You can take, for instance, like Paul in the Bible where he is a tent maker. He used it for, to make his money and things like that like that but his work was to spread the gospel yeah that was his purpose yeah and jesus even was a uh, had skill to be a carpenter so he was joseph's son the carpenter right that was his job but his purpose was to do the will of the father yeah and now so like as christians that's our first that's our first area of perspective right there is like what is what is our job in his will. Right. That's the first thing that we like to ask ourselves. And in order to uh, to get into that, you have to be very clear about some of the questions that we were asking before, which is, uh, you know, you know, and these are the questions that you have to ask yourself. Right. So, so another question questions. would be, where am I from? 
So it's who am I? Because I used to, I mean, we've all done that. We've all identified Go. with that. You know what? I'm from Brooklyn. Oh, I'm from, I'm from, you know what I'm like, <laughs> right, like right. That was like a thing. Right. Like, right. Where, who am I? Right? That's the first main question. And then it's where am I from? The source, your heritage. Where, wh- what makes you you? You know, your lineage. People your look at your culture. Yeah. You know? And then uh, the third question would be, why am I here? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, the, see, and those two questions, who am I? Where am I from? Kind of relate to, well, why are you here? Yeah. Which and, is purpose. Yeah. That's, see, that's that's such a, a, a vast area of questioning right there because when you tackle those questions, you have to sit down with yourself and you have to ask yourself, um, you know, why am I allowing where I'm from to affect my identity? Why am I allowing the culture of where I'm from to, to uh, affect my identity? Because the culture changes. Your identity should not. Your identity is the one thing that should remain solid. How you express your identity may change, but your identity remains the same the whole time. So when you allow culture to dictate your identity, understand that it's going to sway and you're going to be put in a position where you're going to be folding under the pressure because of it. Because right. you don't have a firm standing on what that actually means. Right. You know? And and where I think it goes askew because you're taught your whole life of, say, evolution. Like things happen yeah. by chance. So really in that evolution process, if you, if it was by chance and we were just some, you know, uh, random happenstance from being, you know, an amoeba, you know, to, 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 to suddenly being a monkey and then, a, and then a person, you know, then if you look at it that way, then there's, what is, what, why am I here then? Because that means that. Through evolution, we were created with every single purpose in the world. We were created to affect the oceans, to breathe, you know, and then we're going to breathe air. We were affected with all purpose, with no purpose. Mm-hmm. Multi-purpose. <laughs> yeah, but, but multi, no purpose. But no purpose at all. That's like, that's like that Lysol spray, like the all-purpose Lysol spray. It does windows and does everything, <laughs> does everything, but it just leaves streaks on everything. Use Windex on everything. We use Windex. That's, well, yeah. in my household, that's what we did. <laughs> Yeah. That's what we did. So, like, yeah, so... um. Uh, so where, so what do you think comes after that? Like, what do you think is like the begging questions that come after that? Well, well, the one thing that from like, I want to talk about from the Christian worldview, one of the main things that the Bible teaches us is our main purpose, which back to like the manufacturing process, right? So, so you, you have this product here, you get it. And this is where I think sometimes we, we, we lose what our purpose is or even how our possibility, we lose the possibility in our purpose because we get this product and it comes in a box, has its image, note, and we know what it is. And we get this book with it. And the book is the manual for this thing. And we tend to throw that book out the window. Maybe we'll read the first page or two and we'll get like the first like, 10 I things. Get it. Yeah, I get, I it. get I, it. I, I can it. handle this. And then we just play with it. And you know what? We lose our possibility what I can actually do with this tool because I really didn't look at the manual. Impatient. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm looking through this manual and, and, I find all these possibilities, everything that I could do with this tool. So it becomes, I can use this with more purpose than I did before. Yeah. And giving the computer as an example, that's, that's a great example because if you're talking about a manufacturer, a creator, something as complex as a human organism, you would have to look at it as like, okay, there's nothing by chance. Like you can say evolution because it happens slowly and stuff like that. 
But what's really funny is that the theory of evolution is that in itself. People ask us all the time, like, how could you believe in an invisible God? Well, you believe in a theory of evolution that was developed by man. What's the difference? <laughs> yeah. There's no difference. Like, you know, there's, it's just a matter of, of what your perspective is willing to accept because what's comfortable for you to believe where the source of your identity actually is. Right. So talking about a computer is really good. Because we're, we're, we're also talking about tools that we have. Now, there's certain tools that are in our purpose that are really um, important and valuable that are constantly being misused. So when you're looking at your purpose and you're looking at the possibility of where your purpose can go, if you're, um, if you're diligent at it, the first thing you've got to do is take recognition of what kind of tools you're using. Right. You know? And how to use them. And how to use how them. How to use them. Yeah. So, uh, so we were talking about this before when we were going over what we we're going to talk about tonight. And we were talking about the, um, the, the God given gifts that, that make us what we are. Like, so number one is, is your thought process. Like what is the gift of your thought? What is the tool of your thought useful for? Um, it's useful for, mul it's useful for multiple things. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's it, number one, it's useful because it needs to constantly change. It needs to grow like, like an update, for example. Right. And that would follow into the next question that I would ask is what can I do or what am I capable of? Exactly. And your capabilities are only limited to the amount of memory you could have in a computer. Now, what's important about memory is that our memories are often used to trigger the worst parts of us when they're supposed to be a learning foundation and they're not. So, for example, usually, you know, any of us who's ever dealt with addictions or wrestled with addictions, the memories are the first thing that trigger you back to a more nostalgic era, but it's yet it's the past and, and there's no growth in the past. That always happens with me with food. Yeah, you get that bite. Or, or you walk or, in and you smell something and you remember like this this instant when you were a kid or something, you know, yeah. even like during Christmas time or something, you just get that whiff of the smell and you're like, it just brings you back all of a sudden you're like years later, you're in the 80s. Well, yeah, know? but that's the way your brain is designed to right. do, that, do that, which is yeah. an incredible thing. Like yeah. when I smell gas, like it, not that type of gas, but yeah. when I smell gas in yeah, like, like an apartment, I automatically think of my grandmother's house in Brooklyn. Yeah. Because the whole building smelled like it's probably a hazard. <laughs> right. But yeah. the whole building always had that gas smell. And like, so anytime I smell it, I'm like, boom, I see like the little tiles on the ground. And I think about my aunt's house and like Bed-Stuy and stuff. And it's like, and, I, and it takes me right back there. So tools are important because uh, they could be used correctly or they could be used uh, to absolutely devastate your life. Right. So, um, so, the main point of all these things is like, so we were talking about endurance before. Endurance is a good tool. Resilience yeah. is a good tool. These are all things that we possess that we don't use. A lot of times we use endurance to endure suffering. Now, yeah, that's good. But when you constantly use endurance to, um, to endure suffering, what happens is you never get a chance to... Uh, to, to break down what the suffering meant, to process it, and then instead of using the endurance for the trials that are going to be ahead of you to learn new things, you stay trapped in the old memories of the old things, and the endurance winds up going to waste because you wind up being so mentally and physically drained from dealing with the struggles of your past and never moving forward from I, I think we get do that a lot with our jobs, you know? Like, yeah. one of the main things we hate going to, like, unless you totally love your job, I mean, you just dislike 
like Mondays. It's like, all right. Or I'm if, grateful if, if for whatever my the job, day is you had off and you got to go back, it's like, you know, oh, I got to go back. You know, and why is that? Because a lot of times we think that this is maybe there's something more, there's something doing. And you know, if in yourself, you go through life having this constant because you're thinking of who, who am I? You know, where am I from? You know, what is my purpose? You know, and you're thinking these things and, and nothing's going to make you happy. You're always going to be depressed. There's always going to be something missing because if you're not doing the will of God, that's what creates that emptiness because it's, it's not in the, we said it's, uh, you know, a job is your skills and you, you're working and you but your work is to do the will of the Father. Yeah, your gifts. Exactly. Your gifts. Yeah, yeah your, your work is your gifts. different. Yeah. Your, uh, your gifts are something different. I guess the ultimate thing would be like we're here to ultimately glorify God in everything that we do, right? So we were talking about like the manufacturer and, and the images on the, the manufacturer and the purpose is here. So the, the manufacturer had the purpose of whatever it was creating to do, you know, and then its intent to, to do whatever the tasks are. And God does the same thing to us. He, we have a purpose and we can find those purposes through his manual, you know, through his Bible and figure out his promises and what he has for us and what we know. And then we then in turn, then it, it guides us to our will, like to his will. So yeah. like, per, what was that? Uh, Proverbs sixteen nine: the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes steps. Exactly. It's funny. Cause I was just going to dip into Proverbs because it really is. Yeah. Great. So Proverbs sixteen four, just five short verses before that one. Yeah. It says the Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. Because, and this is a problem that people have with God. People say, Well, why would God um do this? Why would God allow this? Because and uh we've said this on the show before, uh, because you can't have free will without bad decisions. The possibility of bad things happening has to be there because if not, you're not fully free to make these decisions. So so in life, everybody struggles, well, not struggles, everybody wants success, yeah. right? No matter what it is, they want success. And the thing with success is it's a decision, mm -hmm. okay? And it not only is it a decision, but so is failure. Yeah. Failure is a decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, one well, thing choosing, I... Choosing to fail. Yeah. Well, everybody a makes a yeah. decision, whether it's to be successful or to fail. And that decision can lead to failure. And, yes, and yes, you, I agree. And, yeah. yeah. And you can, the decisions that you make. Yeah. And you can't blame anybody else for your decisions because, you know, everyone becomes what they decide to do. Yeah. That's absolutely true. You know what I mean? The worldly people call it manifesting. Yeah. Yeah manifesting yeah and and you're gonna be in those situations like you decided hey you know what i'm gonna do drugs mm -hmm. i'm gonna do that and that puts you in the position and i became exactly and what i used to preach against, against. Yeah. yeah i mean it's what it is so so the important the, the most important thing that anybody could do in that area is is not look at yourself for where you at but number one start making the necessary steps to change Number two, which is more like number one, start treating yourself as the person that you want to be, the goal right. that you have to be. Start right. treating yourself better because if you want to really dive into what God has for you, the first thing that you have to come to grips with is that it's better. 
Simply, it's just better than what was that? That was you. Was that me? <laughs> I'm right. batting a thousand. It's all right. I thought my sound was off, but it's um, right. but it's that's God saying that was a good point. You do some stupid stuff, but that was good. Yeah. So, um, so so you have to start looking at yourself. In, in the perspective of where you want to go. And in order to get to those places, you have to have certain disciplines in your life to get there. Well, but you now that you say be, that, that yeah. would be the last question. Question number five that we ask ourselves is, where am I going? Yes. Yes. Where are you going? Where are you going? Yeah. So you have, where am I? You know, that's, that's your identity. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, um, where am I from? That's mm-hmm. your source. Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Your purpose what was the fourth one? Number four. Number four. What can I do? What's your what you're capable of? What can of? I do? What are you That's your potential. Your That's your, your possibilities. Yeah. And then number five is where am I going? That's your destiny. Yes. And now this is this is uh by this time, by the time you start asking yourself, where am I going? You should be prepared to understand you should have a destination yeah you should have a plan set okay yeah this is what i want to do i'm not sure about the exact area but i know this is my gifting this is my purpose this is what the calling that i feel god is leading me in through multiple research areas like prayer bible. Uh, counsel yeah bible word. god's word the absolutely manual. yeah those are necessities so number one the person that you strive to be has to be biblically truly virtuous and we're going to hold on virtue right now because this is an important one Mm -hmm. so in order to what is a person that is truly virtuous i mean a lot of people think they look virtuous today you know but virtue doesn't have to signal virtue is a character quality you don't have to virtue signal and say look at me i care about this it should be evident in the fruits of your character you know those are those are fruits of the spirit um kindness love gentleness love you know uh these are things that should be evident in your character you can't say i'm a virtuous person while you're cursing somebody out and calling them all kinds of different horrific things because then your virtue kind of doesn't stand up to its presentation right so virtue is is to be truly grounded. It's in, the action of your high moral standards. Yes, it, it it should be the 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 open and obvious actions that you take in your everyday living due to your moral standards. And that begins with that first question: is say, who am I? Who who was I created to be? And one of those, God said, is holy and set apart. Mm-hmm. So in order to do that, you need to live in virtue. I was waiting for one of the Greek words. Like the Greek word for set apart is set aparte. Set aparte nonomai. Set aparte nonomos. It could be one of them. I it don't could know. be set aparte nonomai. You know? So the next thing you want to be, if we're talking about moral standards, yeah. is principled. You have to have certain principles that you I didn't like my principled. I didn't like my principled. He gave me a lot of trouble <laughs> growing up. But um but you should be principled. You should have certain principles in your life, but then you got to ask yourself, where am I getting these principles? Where am I from? getting that's right. Where, where's my standard? 
Yeah, where is my moral standard? Where is that your I standard? Base your principles on. Where is it? Where is the standard? Have you looked? Where's for that it? line you draw where it's like, okay, this is this is where I'm gonna gain my. This is where I'm gonna draw a line. This is where I hold stand firm. In and I had story. a conversation with somebody recently about that. We were talking about a lot of issues that are going on in the world, and they asked me where I stand politically. I said, well, before I answer where I stand politically, I'm gonna tell you where I stand biblically. Amen to that. And this is, and so I stand right here. God's word clearly said this. God's word has never let me. The Bible says never, never let me wrong. You know, once somebody got somebody said that to me. It's like, like, why, why do you keep saying the Bible says? The Bible says. I'm not a mindless moron. No, but I say it say because, because it's because it's true. It's true. Because it works, right? Well, and, not only that. That's that's where I gain. That's my standard. My, that's standard, my standard is the Bible. So, period. So this is what I. So this is what I told her in response. I said, biblically, where I stand is here. Reason behind it is I have to have a standard of where my argument comes from. If I come into the argument and I say, I believe in this, and in five minutes into the conversation, you say, oh, well, what about this? And I say, well, you know, you have a point there. You're not going to respect my conversation. Right. We're not going to be able to get to any truth because in order for you to get me to a point of truth, you have to prove that something you're initiating into the conversation contradicts the truth behind what I'm saying. Right. And if that doesn't happen, then what we're going to do is we're going to debate the logical aspects of that in regards to what's the history behind it, you know, what are statistics behind it, whatever it may be. And we're going to come to an understanding either to agree to disagree or to say, okay, one of us has truth that works way better than what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't found that yet. And I've been, I've been, I've been in many conversations. It's been a good old time. So in order, so in order for those, <laughs> well, think about, just think about the world in general. We talked about evolution earlier. Think yeah. about the, the world in general. Why do you think it functions the way it functions? Because there's design and there's laws. Mm-hmm. There's a law of gravity. You know, there's, there's certain laws that are in place that if they weren't constantly there, we'd have chaos. Exactly. And God is a God of order. So what does that mean when the Bible says God is a God of order? That means that things are put into place, every single thing with purpose. And that's what he says. And and even the laws that he gave Israel, like what the, 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 it was for their benefit. He's like, don't do it. So the laws that that God does, his commandments that we're, we're called to, to obey, which we all fall short on, Mm -hmm. um, is for our benefit. Yes, so Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good, for good Mm -hmm. to those who love God, to those who are called called according according to his purpose. His purpose. His purpose, because now that was the problem in my life. I had a lot of... uh, I had a lot of things that I said I want to do in according to my purpose, my definition of what my purpose is, and how I'm going to get there, I'm going to do it my way. We all know how that worked out. But but if I hadn't seen the darker, uglier side of it, I wouldn't really appreciate the beauty. I mean, I think that's why I'm so passionate about speaking about these things, because it's like, we were just talking about it before, like, man, it's a totally different world when you actually choose to follow the manual it's well it's kind of like i always see it as like a picture like the matrix you know the like you you tend to now walk with your eyes open Mm 
mm-hmm. you know, and you decided to do that. And I think e- even in the Bible, it says those that choose to follow Christ will face persecution. You'll, you'll see that and you'll know that, you know. And that's the, the point about all this stuff. In order right. to get to your place of purpose, you have to consider trial. The suffering. Yeah, yeah. trial. Even not suffering, even if it's if it's not suffering, you'll have trials. Trials. Yeah. You're gonna go through stuff. Yeah. And what do the what does the manufacturer do before they put a product out there? They get tested. Yeah, exactly. And you, you know what? Test it. Yeah, they test it. And then even though they test it and they know that it works good, they know that there's a possibility that it's gonna go off on its own and start doing this thing. And then they have a helpline. Oh, yeah. You can call them and they'll guide you through the problem. That means you can get in communication with the manufacturer and they yeah. can tell you and how to fix the problem. And they have a warranty. And they have a warranty. Warranty. And his name is Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no, they have a warranty. And and they'll pay for you to send that phone back. Mm-hmm. They'll pay they'll fix the phone and send it back to you because of the warranty. Exactly. Right? Why would they do that? Because they love you so much? No. No. Because they investing in their product. In their image. Their product, product, they're concerned. Yeah. And the same thing. God God is investing in you, and it's his image that we represent. So when yes. we carry God's image, we are responsible to to, to others to should show be. his will. We, we should hold it responsible. We should be responsible. So who am I? I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. First and foremost. Yeah. I think that has to be the, the one thing. So now... Moving on to the next part, uh, which is really interesting, is that you also, so after you realize that you have to be principled to get to this place, you also have to be brave. Now, how do you, how do you acquire bravery in a fearful world as the one that we, in, uh, that we live in? Well, that means that you have to have an understanding Faith. of your protection. Hope. Hope, yes, absolutely. Faith, yeah. And then you have to be motivated to do these things which is not easy because we don't even want to get out of bed for work, more or less on a cold day with no sweater or have to get out the car and minister to the gospel because somebody needs it more. Minister yeah. to the gospel because somebody needs it more than us. Ephesians you know? 2, 8, and 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the result of work so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Yeah. That's one translation. Wow. Yeah. To be our Jesus Christ for the good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. To be our way of life. Like there it goes. (laughs) Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. Have a good night. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, so now that's new Testament description of God's plan. Look at the old Testament, Proverbs 19, 21. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. It's real simple. Yeah. You may have all the plans in your in, in the world, but life is going to throw curveballs at you. And now it's up to you to process what those curveballs mean, what those difficult times mean, what you're actually suffering through. Most of it has a lot to do with people's idea of success, I think, being successful in your purpose, Pur- I purpose. think. Yeah. You know, so and what, is, what the definition of that success actually means. Yeah, what, what is your definition of success grounded in? So, so the Bible says when one comes to the knowledge of God, one, one, one. just one comes to the knowledge of, of who Jones. Christ is and, what, what, and is saved, the whole heaven rejoices. All yeah. of heaven rejoices, just one. That's like the prodigal son story. Like the, yeah. the son like, oh, but I've been here the whole time. And he's like, yeah, but he left learned 
and came back. Yeah. Like, wow. Yep. Heaven rejoices for the sinners, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. That's the God's the honest truth there. So yeah. so that's and and that's probably that's that's one of the things that starts to touch me that hits me the most right there. It's like it's like the parable of of God leaving the ninety nine to come for the one is is really something else because I mean I've I've been that one. I know it firsthand. I, I've 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 experienced it firsthand. Right. And then once I've come to the knowledge of it, I'm able to look back at the rest of my life and realize where God's hand was on me and I didn't even deserve it. Right. And I think that was, uh, for me, it's kind of like the same as that the woman that uh, weeped and sobbed at his feet, you know? Mm-hmm. Th- those who are forgiven much, you know, understand the, are, are, are really brought down, I think, even further to, to your knees because of how much you know you were saved from when you realize that. Yeah, well, and, and I think this is why people that aren't believers and, should really... Yeah, and some people say, you know what? Start like, there. they didn't do... I didn't do that bad things in my life, you know? I didn't really to like feel like that. But when you see the severity of even the one sin... Yeah. And how it, the importance of even the one smallest sin is gr- worse than the greatest... And how it affects people, people around, yeah. And and I think that's the thing. I think, I think people should really look at it in, in the respects of, of not just a, of not just a, a a moral change, but a spiritual benefit to how you view the world every day. Right. It's not just a change in your morality. It's an understanding of grace, and I think that's that's the one thing that we have to do. In order to in order to get to a true, uh, an obvious, um, spirit to be spiritually and morally successful, you have to you have to come to an understanding of grace and understanding and what that means right. and sacrifice. That Ephesians passage by grace that you were saved. So you were saved yes. by grace, so that you can't boast about it. But then, it's your the the fruits of that are your works that come out. It's kind of like when Paul Paul says that, but then James says, you know, you show me faith and I'll show you works because when that happens and you realize that hey, who am I? I'm a child of God, you know? Yeah. Where am I from? I'm from the creator that created me. I, I I'm not from some town or this and that. I'm I am I was created, you know, and then that purpose then it's like, okay, well why am I here? I'm here to, to glorify him, to, to talk about him, to show him, to give what the good news of who he is. And through that message that I'm delivering, he's teaching me a sense of humility that I couldn't have gotten anywhere else. Right. You know, because I'm learning how to put aside what I want, what I think for, for something that's way bigger than myself. Because I mean, one of the things like, even in the music business, like, you know what it's like. Yep. The first thing, dude's like, yo, man, I like that guy. He's such a humble dude. And the dude gets on the mic. Let me tell you, man, I'm a humble dude. It's like, listen, if you got to tell people you're humble, you're not really humble. <laughs> you know? And that sense of humility is really important because that that's really going to gauge. People are going to gauge that area of your character. Like, okay, what level of success am I willing to invest into this person? Like, how much do I want to help this person achieve this goal that they have set out? Because are they genuine about their standing 
in, in, in their level of morality? Or are they just saying that to get to a point to, to use me? Because most of the time we're using people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that agendas are bad. Because we all have an agenda to some extent. But what is the source of your agenda? Is the source of your agenda in life, uh, your relationships with people, what can I get out of them to, fur- to better further my mission in acquiring this definition of success? Or is your agenda with people to actually have relationship and grow in these relationships? Because when you, when you have to, when you invest into the relationships in your life, what winds up happening is that the people that aren't supposed to be there weed themselves out anyway, because God is going to weed them out because you can't tolerate foolishness. You can't tolerate crooked, evil ways. Like I, I won't even deal with that in my circles. Like I won't even entertain that. And if you ask me, I'll tell you, Mm -hmm. well, it's because you're crooked and you're wicked. I can't have that here. And if you want to get past that, I know a guy but I can't, I can't do what God has called me to do while I'm constantly being weighed down by your unrealistic, selfish expectations. We yeah, and there's, sometimes it's even, um, like we, I was talking to you before about it, it's, it's one of the big enemies of purpose is uh, doing good, being lukewarm. Yeah. Like you'll do a bunch of these good things. You know, I'll check off the box of going to church and, and things like that or whatever it is, I'll do a good deed. You know, some people say, I did my good deed for the day. You know what I mean? Like just one, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you're doing some good. So that kind of like give, keeps you that in that lukewarm area where I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be too challenged. Yeah. Now, too challenged in my faith. You know what I mean? It's like, I walked a little lady across the street. Good. Now I can go rob somebody. It doesn't work. Well, yeah. Well, I'm also going to tell you that I, yeah. Walk some old lady across the street. And and I think that's the, yeah, you know what I did today? Yeah, check this check out. To, yeah. I got out of work. <laughs> and, you know, I did want to go get a coffee, but I saw this old lady. So I was like, let me just walk across the street real quick. Yeah. But that's but that's the mentality that we have. And you know what? I, and to some extent, we all will wrestle with that in our moments of what we want to do. And, yeah. and I get that. But I think, um, but I think that boils down to... Um, so where do you where do you want to be successful at in life? Do you want to have things, or do you want to have real relationships and real impact on people's lives that matter? Yeah, you know, because I think I think having I think having impact and um, and positive influence on people's lives matters way more than acquiring things because you shouldn't care what other people think about you. You should care what God thinks about you. Yeah. So Jesus prayed. Um in John 17, um, this is kind of even where I kind we, you know, thought of the, the name Aletheia, the truth, but, but he prayed and I'd like to read the prayer real quick because it's important because he not only prayed for his disciples, he pretty prayed for us. And he was basically, he kind of had like the purpose in here, even like at the great commission when he was like, go, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them what I have commanded you. You know, so, I mean, that's one of the important parts, but he says, father, the hour has come to glorify your son, that the son might glorify you. And that's in his death. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 
I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom gave me out, who you gave me out of this world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and I kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know the truth that I came from you and they, and that they have believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you gave, have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine, and I am glorified by them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have given you, I have given guard over them, and not one of them has been lost except the one of son of destruction, that the scripture may be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have been fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. Just I am as I am not of this world. You know, what's interesting about that and judging by, I mean, looking at our conversation right now, Mm -hmm. what's really interesting is how my perspective shifts on every single thing I hear in the Bible constantly. Mm -hmm. So God being the source of purpose gives you the possibility through his son, Jesus Christ, who in turn is the gift. Is the gift. And right after he says that, he goes, I don't ask you to take him out of this world, but protect him from the evil one. He says, for they're not of this world, and I am not of this world. And then he says, sanctify them in the truth, because your word is truth. Wow. So now, and and this is the thing, as a Christian, to, to, to say, like, what is my purpose? My purpose is to... Is to serve that as he right did there. What did Jesus right say? You're, we're supposed to like we talked last week. We're supposed to become more like Christ, the mind of Christ. Yeah, right. Rethink. What was your thing? Rethink. Rethink your thoughts. Rethink your thoughts. Take the mind of Christ. Jesus said, "My will is to do your will, Father." Yeah. So that's our will. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to do the will of God. And like, and so people say, "Well, why did God?" send his son why was it necessary um that's the thing it wasn't necessary he didn't have to no so who am i exactly child of god i am a child of god where where are we from we're not from here we're not from here (laughs) right that's what he's saying yeah why am i here to do the will of god will of god what can i do go preach the gospel preach go preach the gospel where am i going to heaven. To the kingdom. To the kingdom of God. Right. So we can answer these questions by just, just reading our word and and, and uh, studying it. And so when you ask it. us what our, you know, what our foundations are, what our moral standards are, my moral standard is Jesus. My, um, my purpose is very clear and very simple. Now... The best part about it is that every single person out there, all of you out there, everyone here, we all have these these amazing gifts that we've been given to uh, to use and to 
and to grow in and to and to adapt and improvise and 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 to make all these amazing things happen that we're created to make that we can do anything. Look at the the, the accomplishments that we've been able to achieve as human beings. Imagine if we did it all with the purpose of God and intent. Right. Imagine where we him. would yeah. actually be right now. Right. We would be a lot farther along than we would than we would be. But instead, what winds up happening is we don't use the word of God when it comes to getting emotional about different arguments and, and not forgive people when we should be forgiving. And I'm not saying being foolish, but we should be forgiving. We should be um, firm on the same hand. Yeah, it's like uh, we we all have these talents and tools. We've given we're given tools and we're given talents, but what 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 do we use them for? Sometimes we don't even use them. Yeah, and th- and that's the worst part. Like, of yeah. course, if, if you're depressed, that's what I deal with because that's what one thing that really dri- drives me is because I feel like, you know, when you get up and you're hey, you wake up, you go to work, you come home, you eat, you sleep, you go back, you do the same thing. It's like Groundhog's Day, and in the meantime, you you try to find. You know some some parts of of God's will and what you can do, and but you, I mean, there are, there are there's plenty t- of that. There's plenty of that now. moments, but but at the same time, you feel like you're not doing enough, and you want to just. And we're just trying to be real with you because yeah. we, we you know, but but see, I I think that's part of it though. I think um, I think what we what we what we wind up doing is um. Like it's very easy to get into a rhythm and take grant take for granted some of the elements of that rhythm that we get into. Like if somebody somebody said to me recently, "Why are you depressed?" My first my first question is, "Okay, well, what do you do all day?" Mm-hmm. You know, well, I haven't been doing much because of the. Oh, okay, well, there's why you're depressed. There's your start at least. Yeah. You know, like you told me, I said, "What did you do all day?" You told me you woke up at eleven forty five. You know. Sounds like my son. That no. you were up actually, all night. Actually, that's my daughter. My my son actually Sounds wakes like up. Every teenager well, alone. well, no, it's interesting because my son's a weird weird. He he'll he'll get up early. I mean, if he sleeps, he sleeps. But he likes. He's very methodical. He's got to be mm-hmm. up early. Jasmine, she could sleep till like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, she's got no grief about yeah, it. Yeah, she can, and she won't have no problems with it. Yeah, yeah, but but you know what? <laughs> but that all depends on what you did before you went to bed. Right. See right. now, if you if you are a night person and you get most of your of your work done at night your skill done at night your gift done in the afternoon and you sleep late for that that that's listen that's on you yeah but the majority of your day should consist of pursuing your purpose if you're not pursuing your purpose with the majority of the day and or managing your everyday uh, uh responsibilities you're going to fall into depression why because there is a thing called guilt mm. And it exists, and it's not something that uh, that you can control without managing the exterior of your body. You physically have to be engaged, engaged in yeah. things, yeah, in order for your mind to be engaged in things. And a lot of times, we think that we can overpower what's happening around us just by changing the way we think. But the best way to change the way you think is to change the way you move. And that right there is what changed my life. Like, I don't stay busy because I have to stay busy because the Bible also tells me to be still. What I did <laughs> is I found a balance between the two. You, yeah, that's what I was going to say because there's a time for all those. It's in Ecclesiastes. There's a time time to sleep. There's a time to cry. There's a time to be happy. Yeah, there's, 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 there's times, there's all those times to do those things, you know? 
Yeah, and it was also in one of them hippie songs, some old classic rock stations too. You could listen to it there. <laughs> what is that? A time to live. I mean, a time well, to yeah, die. he got that from the Bible. He man. took that from the Bible. That's plagiarism. He, he, he took that from Solomon. Jesus coming to sue <laughs> for one billion dollars for nine hundred and sixty-five million dollars. <laughs> You know, oh man, yeah, because you you were saying it's just changing the way you think. That's a big part of our sanctification. You know, but how do you change the way you think? It, well, it says right here. It says, yeah. "I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living, holy sacrifice, acceptable to God." So first, first, it's it's giving your body as a holy sacrifice, okay, acceptable to God. You are not your own. Yeah, which okay. is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, renewing of, of your, your mind. mind. That's what I was waiting so for. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable exactly. and perfect. Now that's the thing. That's what you, how you find your purpose. Renewal. Yeah. The renewal of your mind. Paul didn't say your brand new one time, get it now mind. No. He said, the renewal yeah. of your mind. Like you ever renew a book in the library because you want to hold on to it a little bit longer? Well, there you yeah, go. By the renewing, which is a, a constant, it's a constant thing. It's like new, but renew. Is <laughs> <laughs> we're at the end, so I'm already yeah. starting to lose my mind yeah. now. But but you get it because it's really important. Do you? It, do you? Do you really? Do you really? You get you get to a point in your life where things become stale and you need to be renewed every time. And yeah. that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. And that's our show for today. That's right. So tune in next week where we have a little bit more of a controversial subject coming up. What? We're controversial. going to be talking about politics and faith. Where do they meet? Do they meet? Is there a gray area or a big old brick wall? <laughs> yeah. So tune in next week, Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Yes. Same time, same, same place. Guys. Check, us, uh, check us at Spotify. Listen to our other shows. Check us uh, out on Facebook and Facebook, Instagram. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. YouTube. YouTube. Subscribe, like us at YouTube. We're going to be doing more stuff on there. That's spelled Y-O-U-T-U-B-E.com. .com. .com. See you later. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>